Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Only a few more preseason games to go before the regular season kicks off, and you could start the season by winning $2 million in week one at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. It's the biggest fantasy football contest ever. $10 million in prizes are up for grabs, including $2 million for first place and $1 million for second. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. It's fantasy football on demand. Play where you want, when you want, with the players you want. Just pick up your players, pile up the points, and pick up the cash. That's it. You've never experienced football like this. Every game feels like the playoffs, even in week one. And every broken tackle or spectacular catch could take you closer to a $2 million prize. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code SPREAKER to play for free for a shot at $2 million in the week one millionaire maker. Enter SPREAKER for free entry now at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com. Welcome to the Student of the Game. We have a special show tonight as this is our first fantasy football show. Filling in for the Student of the Game, Kyle, are myself, Stephen Weasel Hurley, and the local fireman, Chris Rankin. So uh, before getting down to the fantasy football topics, let's, uh, well, both of us will introduce ourselves giving you a quick summary of our fantasy football careers. Uh, for mine, uh, in regard to my fantasy football experience, I've been playing on Yahoo, especially, since 2005. Been in 16 leagues and made it to the top five three times. Uh, top three five times. So uh, uh, this past year, though, in 2014, I won my first championship in a 10-team league. Chris, uh, how about yourself? Yeah, I've, I've too has been playing since 2005, and I've been in the top three the last eight years, and um, won it um, two years ago, but lost in the finals about five of those uh, eight years. All right, and they've been, in, they've been in, and they've been in 10, 12, and 14 team leagues. I've played in them all. The best, I, I like 10 team leagues the best. Yeah, it's a, whenever you get like the fourteen or sixteen team leagues, a lot of times it just you're 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 grabbing like players like at the bottom of the barrel. It's crazy. So uh, yeah, it's 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 bad. You got to pick the players early and then just hope for someone you can get off the waiver wire. Yep, exactly. So uh, to start it off, um, it's a, how do you analyze a player to determine what round he will be picked in? Now, for me, I got to admit that. I'm guilty of heavily relying on last season's stats to draft players. So what is your take on this? How do you know this player? Um, re- really, it's basically the team team they're going to. If the players have changed, um, a lot of people are like, oh, this player is going to go to this team now, so you know they might be good. That's not so. That's not right all the time. I mean, look at James Jones going to Oakland a couple of years ago. I mean, he wasn't he was good in Green Bay. He doesn't do anything over there in Oakland. Um, Really, really, the last few years shows what a player is. But you know, players coming off injury, you don't know what they're going to do. Um, I analyze it. I use it. I use a tier system myself, um, and we can get into that more a little bit later. But that's usually how I tier everyone. I tier quarterbacks, my running backs, and my wide receivers and tight ends, along with defense as well. All right. So, uh, uh, speaking of the tier system, uh, the way I rank my players, I usually I just have. Uh, tiers from elite and then other quarterbacks. Now, uh, especially for the elite quarterbacks, um, you don't, I only have four of them. I have Andrew Luck, uh, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. The other ones, which I would pick most likely at a later round, like sixth, seventh uh, round pick or so, uh, it's uh, Big Ben, Russell Wilson, Tony Romo, Tom Brady. That's a uh, kind of an interesting thing with draft-wise because he may miss, I guess, the first couple games possibly, but he he's going to come back with a vengeance. That's what I'm thinking. So where he's going to go, I was thinking like past fifth round, 
And my other two were Matt Ryan and Eli Manning. So I definitely use the tier system. Um, uh, how about you? Yeah, with, with the quarterbacks, yeah, I, I have those. I have those four up there that you mentioned. It was funny that you said four. I had to think there for a second because it's always been three for the last few years, except for Andrew Luck coming in. Um, I mean, the, for Andrew Luck's rookie season, I picked. I drafted him in the eleventh round. That was my first quarterback I took. So, I mean, it is of course Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, and you know Andrew Luck, Andrew Brees as your top tier. Um, next one, I wouldn't go into that many that you did. I would just I would limit it to like three or four quarterbacks, like you know, like the Big Ben. Um, even Philip Rivers puts up good fantasy numbers. Tom Brady, um, and I would I would just say those three would be my next tier. Then the next tier would be your Eli Manning, the Tony Romo, Russell Wilson, um, and then I'd keep dropping them down every time. So I would just use the tier system with my quarterbacks. So if I'm looking to draft a quarterback in one round. Um, if those quarterbacks are there, I'm like, well, I can wait two more rounds to get the next tier of quarterbacks, so I'll go after someone else. And that's how I rank all my positions that way. All right, good stuff. So uh, now it does vary league to league whether or not there is uh, one point per reception, which is uh, sometimes called one PPR. Now it's obvious for wide receivers, tight ends, and but you can, when you get to running backs, they can rack up points too. So got a quick example uh, we got running back Matt Forte for the Bears. Um, last year, 102 receptions, 808 yards, four receiving touchdowns. Uh, pretty good. You know, that's uh, very high. And you can compare it to one of the top running backs last season, DeMarco Murray. He had 57 receptions, 416 yards, no touchdowns. So uh, in regards to PPR, Forte would have 102 points for his receptions, 80 points for his yards, 28 points for his receiving touchdowns. So that's 210 points with just PPR for him. Now compare that to Murray. He has a total of 98 points total for receiving. So um, what I'm wondering from you, uh, Chris, uh, who would you say would be a top wide receiver or tight end that would rack up the PPR points? Most of the time, um, last last few years, I mean, before – um, Russ Walker left um, New England. He, he was one of the ones with PPR, but that was hundred something receptions. Uh, Antonio Brown in um, Pittsburgh. He's one. Um, Brandon Marshall always PPR. He always liked those big possession receivers. Um, those are the ones that I'd say the ones that are getting a hundred and something receptions a year are going to be the ones that are racking up um, your 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 points for the PPR, especially I mean. Brandon Marshall those couple of years when he had those, you know, 20 receptions in those, like, two games that season. Yeah, there's a yeah, one more thing about, like, a, a Brandon Marshall that was pretty interesting. I see, I believe that when he was back with uh, the Broncos and when Jay Cutler was there also, I believe it was uh, 21 receptions in a game. Uh, is that about right? And he set an NFL record with that. So, so yeah, he's right. definitely yeah, one of the yeah, he had he had two games that season. One was like nine, one was like nineteen receptions. The other one was the twenty one to get the record. The record be previous is twenty. I think he had like a he had a string of years where it was over a hundred receptions. So uh, he's definitely one that to look into for that. So uh, now uh, we got uh, who should we take? You know, for a first round pick. It's very tough because people, uh, they can go different routes, running backs, quarterbacks, a top tight end. But um, uh, what would you say is the best way to, to draft your first-round pick? Go ahead. Well, if you, it's based on where you're drafting in the first round. Um, realistically, if you're the top three picks, you, you need to get like you need to take your solid running back there. Um, your Jamal Charles who's going to be getting your, your running yards and your receptions. Or Adrian Peterson, coming back off of um, his suspension. Um, usually, uh, Aaron Foster's up there, but he's falling down a little bit. Uh, I'd even ta- put up Levy and Bell with Pittsburgh here because he's 60% of their offense last year. Um, so he's going to get into the, you know, he gets those screen passes out of the backfield and he's going to get the ball. Um, and I'm trying to think, you know, anyone else other than the first one. Next, you go with you know quarterback or receiver based on you know with those top tier quarterbacks. As I say, you, you try to lock them down, but also you need to know 
uh, who else is in your draft, like the people that you're drafting with? Um, have you been in the fantasy football leagues with them before? You, everyone has a tendency, so you know what their tendency is. and You can't go into all these drafts the same way because a lot of people do, and so you can start, start finding their tendencies. Like You know who they're going to be picking, so if you're picking for them, you can get that player before they can. Um, me personally, I would, you know, middle, middle rounds, you know, usually uh, middle of the first round, you usually check going after a quarterback or a receiver. Um, but I've picked, I've picked a tight end in my um, first round before because I had Gronkowski up there and came around and picked up Brandon Marshall in the second round, you know. So, I mean, it all depends really where you're drafting in the first round and who, who you're going to take. Um, but usually the top ones, you have to take that elite running back usually first. I mean, a lot of people even just pick up quarterbacks like Aaron Rodgers. Usually he's like the first quarterback off the board because he's going to be thrown for so many yards. And now Andrew Luck is putting him up there now because they're how many weapons he has over there. And in Indy, you know, he is going to be throwing the ball a lot. So, I mean, you just got to look at those considerations. And also you got to look at um, how many points a touchdown your quarterback is for throwing. If it's four, you know, maybe you want that um, running back instead instead of that quarterback. Yep, I, I think I got a same kind of thought with you because, um, uh, yes, I want to definitely get a uh, elite running back. So I only listed the first six. Um, that's all I have for elite. Uh, it includes Jamal Charles, Le'Veon Bell, Peterson, Lacey, Lynch, and Forte. Now, the thing is, if by any chance that they're all taken, um, then there's wide receivers. You got the obvious ones like Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., Des Bryant. So uh, um, the thing is, is uh, for a quarterback though, you're, you're, I think one of the top ones in the league would would be uh, uh, for points for all people is uh, Andrew Luck. Now, uh, for me, I would like to pick a uh, a quarterback like uh, Luck, Rogers, Manning, or Breeze. But the thing is, is that you got to fill up those running back slots. You want guys that are solid starters. And taking that second pick to be, for me, taking it at quarterback, there's going to be a big drop-off on the wide receivers. So there's a lot to think about, and those next couple picks uh, are pretty important. So uh, um, now in regards to drafting a defense, now, Chris, uh, um, should you draft uh, one of them, or would you say draft two so what is your uh, strategy in regards uh, to that? Well, before we go to back that, I just want to go back to this topic before with the with the um, knowing knowing your draft with them. We said the tier with the running back, quarterback, and everything like that. Uh-huh. Um, if if your if the quarterbacks are going in the first round, you know I'm going to go wide receiver. Um, if I'm later on in the pick, because I'm not I'm not going to go jumping on the bandwagon with it. Um, me personally, I'm I'm one of the ones that usually starts the trend. That's why everyone waits. Everyone always waits till you know third or fourth round before they pick tight end. I don't have a problem picking a tight end in the second round if you have Gronkowski. I mean, if you if you're the eleventh pick in a twelve team league and you know you have Des Bryant's already gone, some receivers are already gone, your quarterbacks are already gone. Go ahead and go with Gronk because at least you know you have a starting tight end um, that you can put have in there as a tight end. I've drafted two tight ends in the first four rounds before I had two receivers and two tight ends. So I had a, I think that was the year I won when I drafted um, Andrew Luck in the 11th round, who was my first quarterback. So that's why I said I always use a tier system on it because um, Deacon can be coming up, you know, in that first round and saying, okay, I need, you know, I want, I want to get this player. And then that player goes and you're looking at everyone else, you know, you just, you just start throwing trends, but um, going with the defense, um, usually I, I'll try taking a defense around the ninth round if it's a 16 round uh, league. I'll try taking a defense the second round, and I always do take a second defense because of some of these defenses that that are out there. Um, what division they play in, you know? I mean, if you have, you know, like a past, you know, you have the Steelers as a defense. You know, they're playing against the Ravens and you know the Bengals when they're decent a couple of times. So, you know, you'd always want that other second defense in there when they're playing against like a team from the ASC South or, you know, the team from the NFC South. So I always take a second defense and, you know, just, just so I have two good defense and then on the bye that you don't have to drop a defense to pick up a second defense. I got you. So, and, uh, yeah, for mine, uh, of course, if you have the 16 draft selections, now for me, I would say about, it would be about the 12th round uh, because 
the thing about defense is that um, even if everybody, if it's a 10-team league, um, even if everybody picked two uh, defenses and uh, you would say that there's 32 teams, and so picking two defenses would total uh, 20 defenses off the board. But the thing is, is there's always going to be a team. There's going to be an Arizona. There's going to be a Miami where they're going to be up for grabs uh, later on in the season. And because uh, you don't know who's going to be, we have like ideas to be like uh, with uh, with Miami getting uh, Nadama and Sue. Definitely that people see that defense is going to definitely step up. But uh, otherwise, um, I just see it as um, kind of you know what you're getting from a defense later on. But the thing is, is there's always going to be that sleeper pick that you'd rather make because defenses are uh, there. You can come by them on the waiver wire, and a lot of it would be uh, by a matchup. But uh, um, yeah, that's all. Uh, that's uh, what I think. So only one defense for yeah. me. Well, yeah, well, also, I mean, with me, I, I still, like, I, I go back to the tier system with the defense. I said I was looking around the ninth round. Well, some teams make a run on the, in the eighth round for defense. I, I don't sweat it because I always, I tear my defense also. Like I said, I tear all my positions up, like, where, you know, how I want it. So I'm like, okay, I can get this person here. I look at what round looks realistically. Okay, I like this player. He should be available around the ninth round. Um, if he's available in the ninth round, I'll take him. So let me do the same thing with defense. Okay, I want to try getting this defense in this round here. Okay, they're already taken. Okay, then, you know, maybe I'll try to get this defense. Okay, they're taking two. Okay, that. Okay, I'm just going to wait two more rounds to get a defense. But um, I always like bringing that second defense in just because, um, one, you know, I usually get the second defense in the 15th round, the 16th round, probably usually 15th round, just because of that buy. But then also, it's not out there for someone else to take later on. I got you. Now, uh, uh, there was always going to be someone in, in leagues that what they do is they pick a kicker, like in like, the third round, fourth round. There's always somebody that's got to be that guy. But uh, um, the thing is, is, if you have a good kicker, I think uh, uh, the Patriots do, you can rack up some points. Uh, but um, for the, uh, what you've done in the past and uh, from up to now, uh, when would you pick a kicker? A kicker. Late, lately, I've been k- picking a kicker in the 16th round. Um, you know, you got your, um, you know, the the Patriots kicker. You know, you have you always want to look for a kicker that the team that not necessarily can put up points, but more more that can move the ball is good between the 20s. Basically, like um, Seattle's kicker with uh, Haska. I picked him up in the 16th round. No one was around him, but you know what? He put up points all the time because uh, Seattle's always kicking field goals. They had a hard time finding the end zone. So, I mean, if you, with kickers, you know, you always just find, try to find a team that has a, that can move the ball, but they have a hard time in the red zone. That's the kicker you want because then you can get those field goals there. Because I really, realistically, what I look for my kicker is I, I want like six six to nine points a week from my kicker. That's that's what I look for my kicker in every, every week with, with the field goals and extra points. So if I can get if I can get a kicker, I'll kick three field goals right there. Is nine points for kickers? Yeah, it does uh, sometimes add up because a lot of times there there are times I think with the when you kick one over fifty yards, a lot of times I think what I think sometimes that's like five six points or so, and that's kind of like a touchdown for uh, a different player. So uh, now, so you're drafting and you got the quarterback you want now. Uh, when should you? When would you say you would uh, take a backup if you if you think so? And uh, what would you say would be an ideal backup for you? Well, for me, what I always do is whatever quarterback I take, I look for which is bye week is, um, and then I look at the schedule of the NFL during that bye week. If I have a good quarterback, you know, if you have like an Aaron Rodgers, if you have an Aaron Rodgers or Drew Brees, you know, stuff like that, you you look at their bye week, and then you look for the teams that have a bad defense. Um, I always look for teams that played against, like, you know, Cleveland in the past, um, uh, the Titans, the the Jags. You know, these teams have got better on defense now. So, usually for a team that doesn't have a good defense, and that's the quarterback I'd take. Everyone looks at me like I'm crazy, but um, I've done that in the past. But like I said before, every draft is different, too. So, I've taken – I've had three quarterbacks in – that I drafted before within nine rounds because I, I just took a quarterback because 
I was picking second and the team that was picking first would have their next pick and they, they're we're in the sixth round and they haven't picked the quarterback yet. And so I picked the quarterback they were going to take because, you know, I picked um, Big Ben. So I had three quarterbacks on my roster just because I picked them because I was using this trade bait later on. And so then someone else couldn't have them. So I, I, he's on my team. No one else has them. So that, that messed them up with a quarterback. <laughs> now, if you take a, a three, like a pretty decent kicker, uh, quarterbacks, um, have you had an instance where uh, somebody offers you a trade uh, to grab one of them? Because uh, sometimes I've, I think I had uh, one of my years, so I think it was like two years ago, where I had, uh, I believe it was Aaron Rodgers, and Drew Brees was going, I think, in like the fourth, fifth, or he was dropping. And so I picked him up, and I was able to trade him later on in the season. Uh, three quarterbacks, that's a, you know, uh, not usual, but have you been able to do, uh, have you been able to trade away uh, one of them for some uh, value picks? Um, a lot of, a lot of the times there's, um, the leagues I've played in, a lot of people didn't like to trade that much. Um, so I, so I would just run with three quarter quarterbacks on my team just because, you know, I, I had a good draft and then, you know, I, I'm the one that set it up. I mean, it was the same, same year that I had, um, two tight ends that year as well. So, I mean, I, I went quarterback, I went like wide receiver, tight end, tight end, you know, wide receiver, quarterback, quarterback. I didn't have any running backs on my team, but um, it, this was the year that um, what do you call it? Running back from Washington came out. Um, I picked him up after week one. You know, on the waiver wire, and he, you know, he was my set running back. So, you know, that that is good. Some teams do pick quarterbacks. I mean, I had a trade last year in my team that someone someone needed. I don't remember what they needed. Um, I think they needed a receiver, and they offered me up Gronk. Um, because he wasn't he, he wasn't producing in the first four weeks. He had, he didn't have a good season the first four weeks. Wow! So they offered me up Gronk for someone. And I said, "Sure, I'll take it." Gronk exploded. Then I had Gronk and Jimmy Graham. I know Jimmy Graham was certainly didn't do much, but when you look at that a couple of years ago, you had Gronk and Jimmy Graham. Those are the two tight ends. I mean, I had you know I had um, Jimmy Graham and Vernon Davis a few years back on my roster. So I, I'd always try taking tight ends because you can put them as that utility player. Too. So everyone's looking at receivers. Oh, you're picking a tight end this early in the fourth round? Yeah, because it's a receiver. So yeah, I mean, going going back with the quarterback with the with the um, yeah, you can use them as a trade bait if you think you can get something later on for them, especially the teams that don't have a quarterback. You, know, you look at those first two weeks, um, then yeah, use them as trade bait, and then you pick, can always pick up a quarterback. Just look whoever's on your buy. I always look at buys for all my players because I'm looking. I don't want to go through the draft I'm like crap. I got three running backs on my roster and they're all out week eight. Yes. Now what do I do? You can definitely do that. You can definitely do that. And uh, um, yeah, one thing that you were saying uh, um, because I I would prefer for uh, a quarterback for it to be one of my elite ones. And uh, what I would do then is uh, definitely I just you know put him in the cornerback position and let him go all season. One thing that I didn't think of, which uh, I like what you said, was when uh, you picked the backup by the bye week. That was a, uh, I thought that was a really good. So, uh, so one th- one of my draft strategies usually is that I want to pick usually a that wide that running back, especially or a uh, a top wide receiver. So that's going to be my first pick. Now uh, there can easily be a run of quarterbacks. So if I had a chance to get one of my uh, top-tier running uh, quarterbacks, um, would it be worth it for the second pick to select a quarterback? Because in my past, I think when I did that, what happened with the wide receivers as they one was grabbing them, I'm getting guys that are um, like number one, number two wide receivers, but there's none of those elite guys because they are picked up. Um, would you say to pick the quarterback in the second round, go with it, and then uh, – grab wide receivers later, or do you think I should just try to wait on them so I can get an elite wide receiver and elite quarterback? Because that's something that I always got to think of. So uh, I'd like to get your opinion on that. Well, yeah, well, you always got to look at what's, you know, if you're if you're picking towards the front, um, front of the draft, I mean, you have sometimes 10 picks you know, or more until it's your next pick, so you can see what people are starting to draft. Um, they're, they're making a run on wide receivers. I, I wouldn't go for a wide receiver then because they're already, you know, someone drafts two wide receivers, you know, their third and fourth round, they're going to be picking up a quarterback or running back. It's almost given. 
Um, so most people don't look at that. I mean, I I don't put too much value in quarterbacks that much because, yeah, there are some quarterbacks that put them up, but realistically, a lot of quarterbacks put up, you know, 18, 20-something points a week. You know, some, some blow out, have 30, 40, 50-point games sometimes based on, you know, the, the rules of your fantasy league. But I mean, I don't, I don't stress quarterbacks at all. I mean, you, you can get a decent quarterback that can get by. If you have a tier, you know, top tier running back, two top tier wide receivers, and a top tier tight end, that outweighs the top tier quarterback any day. So I, I wouldn't do it. I would just, it's just, it just depends on how the flow of the draft is going and with the QBs. If you did pick your QB in the first one, like you said, they are the fourth pick because. Realistically, that's where you should pick a start picking, looking at quarterback. Is when your first three running backs are off the board, you need to say, okay, should I go off the running back or should I be the first one to take a quarterback? Most of the drafts I've been in, most of the, most of the drafts I've been in, they always go usually the top three are running backs, next three are basically quarterbacks, and then you got wide receiver, running back, wide receiver, another maybe another quarterback. But I mean, it all just is the flow of the draft. So you can't go into every draft the same way. Because I mean, you can have a plane going into a draft. I'm gonna I'm gonna go after this guy. I got this pick. I'm going after this guy. This guy. This guy. After the first three picks, that's basically wiped out the window now because you're like, hmm, we're in the second round now, and all these guys are already gone. But this guy's available. Yeah, good thinking. And uh, uh, but yeah, definitely. Uh, I think with the whole thing with bye weeks, uh, uh, I think that's a uh, good to uh, uh, good to check out when you're drafting because um, I think I've had instances uh, in the past that. Uh, when I'm drafting, I look at my wide receivers, got some good, pretty good talent, and then I see by week seven, by week seven, <laughs> and then uh, by week eight, and then it's like sometimes they can uh, they can clash with one another, and you got to do, got to pick someone up. So um, definitely looking at uh, by weeks helps me out. So um, now yeah, I, I'd, I'd recommend yeah, I'd recommend I'd recommend doing um just writing once you pick down once you get your pick, write your pick down, write the by weeks down. You know, by position, so you know, okay, is this that series? Well, when you're looking, like, okay, I'm gonna look for another receiver. Okay, I got this one. Nope, that's the same bye week as that one. I usually don't like the same position with the same bye week, um, because you know, then then you're then you're a little loused up. I don't like my wide receivers and tight ends together on bye weeks, which happens all the time. But I don't like that because you know that tight end you can move then to a utility. That wide receiver uses a utility. Okay, and uh, um, one thing for myself. Uh, is that I set up before that I don't want to select two defenses because I would rather with that second pick I want to pick someone that could be a sleeper or someone that can you know butt into a star. And uh, so, uh, um, who are your top sleepers uh, for this fantasy football league? For for this year, um, most of the time the sleepers are going to be. Um, a lot a lot of times rookies, but realistically, I mean a lot a lot of sleepers are. Players that are changing, either they had an offensive coordinator change, maybe a quarterback change, maybe they change teams. So with those the sleepers, um, you got to look at. Um, it depends. Like right now, a really good sleeper right now. I mean, we mentioned it on uh, this previous show we had with Green Bay with Jordy Nelson going out with injury. Sleeper right there is going to be Devontae Adams. I mean, he was coming on strong at the end of the year last year. He's he's going to get the. Um, the catches now. I mean, he was coming on strong there at the end of the year with Jordy Nelson going out now that he's going to have those. He's going to have those catches there. Um, go to one of your teams in Minnesota. Everyone's going to say, "Oh, Mike Wallace. He just joined here. We're going to get him." No, 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 not so fast. I'd go after Charles Johnson. I'd have to go after that rookie. Um, with the Diggs maybe, but yeah, that might be a stretch. I think with Diggs, he he does uh, special teams too, and. uh Right. Cordell Patterson, who was uh, one of those guys that was supposed to have a breakout year, I mean, he's most likely going to be the guy that uh, is left out. But uh, uh, so uh, I would say for my uh, like uh, quarterback Teddy Bridgewater from the Vikings, I know Homer pick, but uh, in his rookie year he did play really well, and towards the end of the season uh, he was constantly uh, improving. So. Uh, one thing he was working with for his running backs, it was like Mike Asiata and uh, uh, McKinnon. So uh, they were serviceable, but when you go into this 2015 uh, season, you're going to have some running back named Adrian Peterson there, and you got Mike Wallace for the deep routes, and then back from injury would be tight end Kyle Rudolph. So uh, 
that's why I think he's my top uh, fantasy sleeper now. There is for the wide receiver, uh, Nelson Aguilar. He was a first-round pick, and uh, they're saying that he's going to start possibly at as a number two wide receiver. Uh, the guy's got a lot of versatility, can line up anywhere, uh, special teams, he does it all. So uh, I think uh, that a lot of that depends on Sam Bradford because the guy's one of the most accurate quarterbacks, like uh, definitely top ten in the league um, in accuracy. But as we know, he's got injury problems, and he's got to stay healthy. So uh, my third one, uh, it was a lot well, – a lot of it was due to uh, Kevin White, uh, the rookie. Uh, he was the, I believe it was the seventh overall pick by the Bears. So he was going to line up outside with uh, Alshon Jeffrey, who I think is de- he's definitely uh, coming into uh, the upper tier of wide receivers. I think he can do that uh, within this year or possibly next. But uh, you're going to have a guy that will, uh, that's uh, with Kevin White out. I think a guy that's going to step up is going to be Eddie Royal, wide receiver. So um, I think he has some. Uh, uh, I don't. Do you know what if Eddie Royal and uh, I believe he went from the Broncos? Uh, did he th- uh, with Cutler? Was he? Uh, did he ever throw to Eddie Royal? Do you know that? Because yeah, know. he was. He was Eddie, Eddie. Eddie Royal was the. Um, he he was the number two receiver when Brandon Marshall was a I think was Brandon Marshall was a rookie or something. Like that. Brandon Marshall was the number three receiver there, over there. So he did throw with Teddy Royal over there in Denver. Yeah, I think he's going to be uh, uh I think he's going to be left out like uh, forgotten by many of the 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 teams because you only you only think of Kevin Kevin White and uh, Alshon Jeffrey. So I think he could definitely uh, sneak up there and uh, be a top sleeper. So. Uh, um, now instead of sleepers, now we we'll go to well. Uh, let me let me let me say something real quick with uh with the um Kevin White. Yeah, he is injured right now. I wouldn't. I don't think any role with that. I would not try to stay away from the Bears players. I don't think there's gonna be too much sleepers there. Um, okay. but but with um Teddy Bridgewater, uh, with the preseason game he just had against Tampa last week, um, if the offensive coordinator stays calling those plays, he's gonna have a good year. Um, I think he had like one incomplete pass of the whole time. It was a deep ball, but I mean, everything was short, rolling him out, dumping it off those 10, 12, 15 yard gains and everything like that. Those start adding up. And then, then you can throw those long balls occasionally, but as long as they have those plays, those play actions are rolling out. I mean, he is going to, he is going to have a good year this year, um, Teddy Bridgewater, but um, really rookies, you know, there might be some sleepers, but really a lot of times it's just sleepers that are just on the back pedal, you know, these receivers you forget about, and they're like, oh, there's a new system here, man. You might want to think of them coming in. What was, uh, I think, pretty impressive with uh, Teddy Bridgewater was that his, first, his last, I think it was five five games, he had, he threw for like 72%, which is pretty ridiculous. And uh, that ended up being, like, I guess, number three um, all-time for uh, rookie quarterbacks. So uh, he did it in Louisville, and uh, he's doing it with the Vikings. Uh, he's just constantly improving, and everybody loves his poise, and he's just like you know one of those laid-back, uh, uh, cool guys. So he's already got the locker room. So it, there's a lot of intrigue there. And the funny thing about uh, Charles Johnson, who uh, towards the end he did pick it up and had some rapport with uh, Bridgewater, uh, he was they took him off of the Browns practice squad, and he definitely made a big contribution. So uh, now Mike Wallace, let's see, he started off with uh, uh, started off with Steelers. You got, uh, let's see, uh, let's see, uh, he went to the Dolphins. He was traded there. Uh, the Vikings were actually looking to pick him up, like, you know, uh, pay him a, a pretty decent contract, but he chose instead uh, the Dolphins. Now Bridgewater, I think he's trying to he was trying to bulk up and everything, and uh, but one thing is about him, I think his arm strength, you know, as compared, of course, like someone like Big Ben, Big Ben, and he doesn't have like that arm strength. But um, how do you think wide receiver Mike Wallace will be? Uh, how will he fit in with the Vikings? Um, I don't, I I don't 
Um, I think he might be all right. I I don't think he fits in with that system with the Teddy, the Teddy Bridgewater. Um, you know the the way his style of play watching him in college. Uh, he 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 does throw a ball pretty well. Uh, Mid range, he, he's pretty accurate on. Uh, that long ball, you know, the ball gets away from him sometimes. He floats it up. He throws it off his back foot. Uh, if the pocket starts breaking out, he starts scrambling. He, he'll he'll throw it off his back foot. Um, the ball the ball will lob up. So trying to someone with Mike Wallace with the speed, um, it, it's going to be iffy because the ball tends to sail, you know, to float on Bridgewater when he tries to throw the ball deep. Yeah. Um, that was the one game completion he had, which should have been an interception. Corner was out of place and just against the Bucks a couple weeks ago. But I mean, he even did that in college. There, just you know, just that long ball there. But I mean, short range, mid range, he's pretty accurate. Uh, almost one one of the most accurate around. But the long ball is where he needs to work on. Yeah, he did bulk up in the off season, but still, I mean, bulking up and throwing that ball is still it's just the mechanics of the throw. Okay, and uh, next let's. Uh... Talk about uh, which players you have that you should stay away from, and that could either be a player or a team. So, uh, um, what do you got for that? And stay, stay away from anyone on the Browns' offense. Browns' offense, basically. Um, there, you know, there's no, there's no, really no one out there on that offense even worth doing. Um, there's a player that you you know, oh, he's a starting quarter, um, running back or whatever. Yeah, maybe, but. I don't, I don't, I look at teams and see, okay, now I'm not going to draft any of them. I'm not going to draft a, t- a Titans running back. Um, maybe, maybe a wide receiver there if I'm desperate later on in the rounds, but usually I try, I try to go, I'll go for a second or third receiver in one of these pass happy offense, you know, like uh, New Orleans or, you know, Green Bay, even New England, you know, you go for their third, you know, second receiver or third receiver, you know, considering the tight end as a receiver. So, you know, I'd go with them before drafting a player from those teams. Yeah, but it makes sense, especially for the Browns. So uh, uh, one of uh, which I'd say, uh, any Washington Redskins quarterback. Now, the thing is, like, Robert Griffin III recently had a concussion. Uh, Kirk Cousins, uh, and I believe there's also Colt McCoy. uh, Something I don't like about – RG3, well, actually, um, it wasn't so much his fault because he didn't have a good preseason game his last one, but that offensive line is terrible. I mean, it's like uh, they need to do something or else uh, uh, they're going to get beat up out there. So uh, definitely not going to be taking any of them. Uh, A big thing for the Eagles is that uh, for quarterback Sam Bradford, uh, um, I'm going to stay away from him because while he is a – uh, injury concern, definitely. He's a very accurate quarterback, but uh, any problems with the knee or anything like that, and uh, you're going to have to rely most likely on Tebow and uh, Mark Sanchez. So uh, with if Bradford's done, the Eagles are done. And also I have uh, tight end Josh Hill. He uh, is with the Saints. He's uh, He only has to you know, replace Jimmy Graham, no big deal. And uh, but Brees, I would say that he has a lot of targets to feed. You got uh, he's a veteran. You got Benjamin Watson. You got wide receivers Marcus Colston, and uh, a guy that our people are boasting up is Brandon Cooks. So, uh, have any any more on yours? For players to stay away from, yeah, Jets quarterback, I'd stay away from as well. <laughs> um, even though you do have weapons with. Um... You know, with Brandon Marshall there and Eric Decker, just I, I, you know, Geno Smith or you know, Fitzpatrick is the other one that's going on right now. Um, I'd stay away from them as well. Now, last year, um, because we know you're a uh, definitely a Jets fan, uh, I thought I noticed some uh, change in uh, Geno Smith towards the end. I think he was playing a lot better football and. Um, I think he was keeping his turnovers down and all that. Um, uh, do you think that uh, Geno Smith, can he develop into a uh, reliable starting quarterback? No, I don't. I don't. I mean, it just at the end of the season, people are like, oh, it's the Jets, they're three and whatever. You know, they're not going to take them, you know, really seriously at that time. So, I, you know, it's only a few games. you got to look at the preseason and everything like that. 
um, I was watching him throw, throw balls um, when they're having a Revis Marshall showdown in, you know, in the first week of training camp. And, you know, they're like, oh, look how Revis handled Marshall. Well, all the balls that Geno Smith threw were on, under thrown and thrown the wrong way. Like, uh, Marshall hitch in, the ball would be on the outside shoulder instead of on the inside, you know, where Revis was. Uh, corner route would be underthrown, you know. I mean, yeah, it's the first, you know, couple of days of camp, but still, those are the ones that, you know, the good quarterbacks are the ones that aren't going to miss those easy ones. You know, you throw the corner route, you're going to, you're throwing for the pylon, not the ball landing five yards short of it. Man, that ain't, that ain't looking good for them. <laughs> so, uh, I thought he was going to get a little better by the year, but, um, I think what he did when he was egging on IK, the, uh, uh, the former Jets uh, linebacker, um, I think that showed a lot of immaturity, and I think that's going to rub off and uh, to some of his teammates. So, because uh, people were, a lot of people put the blame uh, partly on him. So, um, we'll see. I think he had uh, uh, he has about I, think, I would say about four to six weeks until he can come back. But uh, who the Jets got uh, that will be starting uh, at the beginning of the season? It'll probably be Fitzpatrick there. Um, they they probably need to give Bryce Petty a chance with the first team because I mean he I mean he ran a good system over there in Baylor, but you know Baylor is a system. You know how I say with I've been saying for systems for years, um, like New England this system. You know Tom Brady goes out, you just insert a quarterback in there into that system, and you know they'll they'll succeed because Belichick's not going to let anyone get carried away on that. So, you know, you just bring in a, you know, I, I like Bryce Petty as a, as a quarterback. He had a good head on his shoulder when he was in Baylor, but that could have been because of the system he's in as well. Yeah, I think uh, uh, RG3 definitely, he went to the Baylor, and, uh, yeah, it worked out good for him for his rookie year, but uh, not so much after. Uh, so, uh, now, when you watch the NFL draft, you, a lot of times, you know, you see some talented players, and uh, now that uh, you, you uh, games are in the preseason, and uh, they're going to be getting the cuts over to 53 on the roster. Um, so this fantasy football uh, draft, um, what rookies would you take? Uh, really, really, um, one of the first look rookies you want to look for is, you know, like Amari Cooper over there in Oakland uh, with David Carr as the, uh, or Derek Carr as the quarterback there. Um. You know, yeah, he had probably he showed pretty good skill last year as a rookie. You know, you got Amari Cooper there. That would be one take. Um, look at Gurley with the Rams, the running back there. You can look at, you know, these are later round ones. You don't want to take a, like a top five pick, you know, fifth in, within the fifth round, take a rookie chance on them. Um, see. I think whether quarterbacks or receivers, I'd, I'd stay away from Kevin White right now because of the injuries. Uh, Devontae Parker, he's been having a foot issue right now with the Dolphins, which he had in college as well. Um, I'd say maybe maybe Bertard Perryman, and once he gets back healthy with his, you know, because he's got that deep ball threat and he he can find the ball. Um, that would be really a sleeper in the, like the 13th, 14th round if he's still available. Yeah, at least the rookie sleeper um, there. But, uh, right. the, rookie, the rookie running back for the Jags might be a good one because they don't have, Jags don't have a uh, strong running back either. Okay, and uh, uh, just a you know a couple others. Uh, running back Amir Abdullah from the Lions. Oh yeah, the Lions. Yeah, that, that, that'd be a top. That'd be one of the top ones. That'd be the one you want to take around like the probably the sixth round if you if you need a running back. Yeah, the guy is uh, 5'9", 205 pounds, but he's also a playmaker. And uh, uh, I think how many carries he gets, and um, uh, because it would be a committee system with Jokey Bell. But the, the thing is, is that Jokey Bell has had uh, injury problems before. So there's a chance for Abdullah to be the starting running back. Uh, so I could see that happening. And also, you got running back Melvin Gordon uh, for the Chargers. You know, all around town and running back. He's also great at uh, uh, catching in the backfield. So, um, yeah, I think uh, Amari Cooper was my number one there. But the other two guys, I think they can uh, really make a name for themselves. 
Yeah, Abdullah will be starting probably about like week three or four. He'll be getting most of the touches uh, uh, up there in Detroit. So they, they like what he's done in the first round, um, with how he's done in the preseason so far. So I mean, he, he's gonna be he's gonna fill in there, especially when you have Megatron and Golden Tate on the outsides um, with uh, Stafford throwing the ball. You know, you're gonna, that's gonna be a change of pace. The, you know, people are gonna be keying Megatron, and then here comes Abdullah running the ball. So that'd be a good pick, probably like around, like I said, around the sixth round. Maybe still available, and you you know you have the players you're looking for, and you're looking for that one to be the home run hitter. And I, I I would take a chance on him in the sixth round. Okay, now uh, there's always this, there's a lot of talk about uh, good old Tom Brady, and uh, the I believe at the end of the end of the month, I believe on the 31st, uh, they're going to have uh, I think one of the the court meetings or something like that. Um, uh, what do you think that uh, for a fantasy uh, person, uh, where would you pick? Because uh, I think I still consider him, you know, elite. So uh, he did pick up uh, Reggie Wayne. Uh, so he's got a veteran presence right there. But uh, drafting wise, uh, where do you think that Tom Brady is going to fall? Yeah, I, I would look. I would look to pick him up in around the probably around. Where he'd fall, I don't. I don't think he's gonna fall too much because everyone looks at it like, oh, it's two game, two weeks is not that big of a deal. Um, me personally, I would, I would look if I think someone would be crazy to take him in the first or second round to waste a pick like that for those two weeks. But um, if he's available in the fourth round, I would take him, and then I would take those. You know, I'd see where his suspension takes him, and then maybe I'd have to sit my backup quarterback a little sooner. Than I would normally because you know you need that quarterback first two you know the first two weeks let's say let's say he's suspended for only two weeks I mean we are out for a little bit we're filming the show a little earlier than you know when it's aired so there still could be injuries that come on this week with the next preseason season so everything we're saying tonight could be just thrown out the window next week anyway but with Tom Brady let's say he's out the, they minimize his suspension to two games you know he plays against the Steelers they play against the Steelers and um, Close was it? I think it was like uh, the Bills. Okay, well, take those two weeks. If it's only two weeks, then take those two weeks and consider the bye week. Find other teams that are playing against like the Titans or something, or you know the Bucks or something like that. Look, you know, look look for a quarterback to fill in that way as your backup. Okay, look at what the bye week the Patriots have and see who they're playing against those first two weeks, and then start that quarterback there, and then you have Tom Brady for the rest of the weeks. Okay. Now, uh, so, for uh, oh, go ahead. No, I'm saying so. So for for me, if he if he was available in the fourth round, if if, it, if he was in the fourth round, I'd probably take him, and then I would I might just draft my second quarterback um, before the tenth round. Um, but I, the only way I if it, I would take him is if I already had you know two wide receivers, a running back, and a tight end minimum, or you know no or at least two wide receivers and a running back by the time in the fourth round. Usually I'd look for a tight end. I'd wait to see if he's tall even in the fifth round. Because it's just still how I tear my quarterbacks. I'm like, all right, I got my running back. I got two good running wide receivers. Well, this tight end's available. I think he might be more valuable, and I can skip my second-tier quarterback later on. And then if he falls again, they're like, well, let me weigh out this fifth-round option now. Okay, Tom Brady's still available. I got two wide receivers, tight end, and running back. Well, I got this other running back that's available here now. Or, you know, maybe I take Tom Brady now. Maybe I can get Abdullah in the sixth round. Then I'm good with my running backs then. Okay, so uh, uh, besides the Packers, they they lost uh, uh, they lost one their best wide receiver and actually the top ten wide receiver in the NFL in uh, Jordy Nelson. So uh, whereabouts with uh, his injury? He's out for the season. Uh, whereabouts would you put Randall Cobb? And would you do you think they're going to have him? Like he's pretty much their number one right receiver. Um, and you mentioned earlier the rookie. Um, so how do you see that? Uh, well, yeah, he's he's, he's going to be a second year player, Devontae Adams. Um, really, Randall Cobb. I don't. I don't think he'd be getting. Um, he he might get a, a little more um, touches on it. I don't think he's going to get affected that mu- as much uh, with Jordy Nelson because the type of player Randall Randall Cobb already got the attention 
of the other teams. That's why Jordy Nelson was one of the top ones because really Randall Cobb was one of the games I watched last year. He was, you know, getting double teamed all the time. You know, they were running the short routes. They might open him up further down the field because he was usually the one coming across the field. They were like that opening it up for Jordy Nelson. So, I mean, Randall Cobb, you know, his numbers will go up a little bit, but I don't think it's going to be that much. I think Devontae Adams' numbers are going to be up drastically than, than they were going to just last week. All right, so going from uh, the ACL tear of, uh, of Jordy Nelson, uh, going over to Carolina, uh, they lost uh, their first round uh, big last year. Uh, and what would you say with uh, they have a – uh, they have a wide receiver that they drafted. Um, he's another tall guy, um, Devin Funkris, Devin Funkris, or something like that. Uh, uh, would you say is he the type of talent that would be able to uh, have a you know somewhat similar season that uh, Kelvin Benjamin had last year? I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think he'll have a good season. It's Funchess. I don't. I don't think he'll have. You've got to have a um, season as Kelvin Benjamin did just because even though the size is different, Kelvin ben- Benjamin is just a better receiver overall. Um, Greg Olson, that's the tight end that you want to look at. You know, looking at the fourth or fifth round, you're looking, okay, I don't have a tight end yet. You might want to take Greg Olson because Greg Olson had a good year last year. And it's even just going to be better now that um, Kelvin Benjamin is out. So, um, yeah, he's, he, he'll have some good numbers. You might want to consider that later on. I wouldn't reach in the higher rounds, try to early rounds to pick him up. I'd, I'd wait to see maybe maybe 11th round. I, I would probably grade him at in fantasy. You know, if he's available in the 11th round and you want to run it wide receiver, yeah, maybe I'll take a chance on him. But um, realistically, it's hard with rookies. It depends on – Depends on who else I have in the draft and so if I'd reach with them or not. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, with uh, pretty much what, what what I think is for the elite tight ends, I have two. I have uh, Gronkowski and I have uh, uh, Jimmy Graham. Now, for that next spot, um, I guess one of the guys can be uh, Greg Olson could be a possibility. But who, who would you say – and fantasy wise that will be uh the number three uh the number three tight end taken that will uh be the best in uh, fantasy point fantasy points among the others yeah um yeah the top two i you'll know how Jimmy Graham's gonna be with his with his shoulder injury um coming back you don't know how bad it is um but still he is kind of one of the elite ones up there um you got you got to look at the next next tiers. You, you got two tight ends that are changed teams. You got the um, Jordan Cameron who went from the Browns down to the Dolphins. He might have a good year down there. He'll fit that offense. But then also you got um, you have Julius Thomas who also left the Broncos and went to the Jags. He might have a good one. But Martellus Bennett over Chicago. You know he had a good year with the Giants few years back. He's always had good solid numbers with the Bears. He'd be one to have it there as well. And then I'm trying to think who else there might be. Um, then you also got to look at you know maybe Antonio Gates. He's getting up there in age, but he still scores some touchdowns. Same thing with Jason Witten. You know he's getting up there in age, but you know what? He is the um, bailout for Tony Romo, so he'll get he'll get some touches there too. Uh, I, me, per, me, me personally, I won't pick Leighton because every time I pick him, he doesn't do squat. But then again, I'm a Giants fan, so maybe I will pick him so he doesn't do squat. <laughs> uh, so for uh, tight end, uh, someone from the Bengals, uh, Tyler Eifert, um, he was getting a lot of uh, a lot of press because he uh, he's like a, one of those talented, uh, um, you know, physically. And uh, he's one of the off-season stars uh, for the Bengals. Uh, do you see him being a good sleeper pick to pick later, or uh, or do you have a, a different one that's uh, lesser known uh, that well, you can pick up as a sleeper? Well, with with him, he yeah you know, he he was going to be a pick coming out um, couple year couple years ago when he came out of college when he came out of Notre Dame. 
you know, he, he was the one that's, oh, you know, he's, he's going to, he's going to be pretty well. And all the problem is from there. So a lot of his touches, you know, what, but now Jermaine Gresham isn't there. So he should get more touches at the tight end spot. Um, but I wouldn't do that. You know, I wouldn't touch it too much. I would get even, you know, you know they got so many other weapons there. Uh, he he'd be pretty he'd be a good one to pick up. Um, and Zebron, I think, is his name. He'd be another good. You know, I think he'd be a sleeper tight end. He had a decent, you know, decent showing last year. I think he might have been injured a little bit, but. All right. Good. I, I would I would I would look at I would look at him as well. Alrighty. So uh okay, uh um do you have anything else or uh what do you think? Well so just just for the listeners really if you know, I guess I've mentioned a couple times on here. Have a plan going into the into the draft and you know, ninety percent of the time that plan is gonna be thrown out the window. Always me. What always helps for me was always look, looking at buys. Know know the tendencies of who you're drafting with. Now, last year was the first time I I did a fantasy league of people online I've never met before, and I finished um I finished I think I finished third in third overall in the league, and I think I finished um I lost in the final last year. I think uh what yeah so so. What was that? Oh, I was I was just saying that uh, for uh, Yahoo, what they have is for your past seasons, um, you could look at uh, all the draft picks that were made uh, in the 2014 drafts. I'm sure you could do that before. And uh, the funny thing is, is uh, I think I had like seven players taken out of my draft uh, because uh, I had to get somebody. And one of the guys I picked up, hoping that he would be good, was Adele Beckham Jr. So. Uh, um, checking the waiver, waiver wire is uh, definitely big, but uh, it's not to you don't fret too much about uh, about drafts because uh, um, some people they could just uh, get a team and uh, they could pretty much not sub anybody, and sometimes people win doing that. So, um, but uh, so it looks like it's going to be a good fantasy football year. So uh, um, I guess that is it, uh, unless you have anything else. No, that's I think I said better. Just don't have a, you know, always always look at the waiver wire. See who's doing well, you know, with injuries and everything like that. You know, the waiver wire could be the next one. Uh, I, that's I usually go off of that too. You'll you'll see me adding dropping players a lot, just trying to get that other edge and see, you know, oh, they're playing against this team this year. This this running back did well last week against. So I'm going to pick up a running back here just for this week. All right, so. uh um so that's it for, for us. Uh, um, you can reach me on the Twitter, actually. Uh, it's at uh, Weasel, the S-O-T-G. And uh, for Kyle, um, you can give him some feedback. Uh, how do you think we did with uh, on our stuff? Uh, uh, you can reach him at Twitter with uh, at the S-O-T-G. And uh, uh, go for it, Chris. And you can reach me, the Chris Rankin, the local hero, at Hydraulic Upright. Upright, U-P-R-I-T-E. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, all right. Thanks for listening. And uh, I guess uh, class dismissed. Only a few more preseason games to go before the regular season kicks off. And you could start the season by winning $2 million in week one at DraftKings.com, America's favorite one-week fantasy football site. It's the biggest fantasy football contest ever. $10 million in prizes are up for grabs, including $2 million for first place and $1 million for second. One-week fantasy means no season-long commitments. It's fantasy football on demand. Play where you want, when you want, with the players you want. Just pick up your players, pile up the points, and pick up the cash. That's it. You've never experienced football like this. Every game feels like the playoffs, even in week one. And every broken tackle or spectacular catch could take you closer to a $2 million prize. This isn't fantasy as usual. This is DraftKings. Welcome to the big time. Hurry to DraftKings.com now and use promo code SPREAKER to play for free for a shot at $2 million in the week one millionaire maker. Enter SPREAKER for free entry now at DraftKings.com. That's DraftKings.com.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.